everyone, this is Maria Scobe-Pillay and you're listening to Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. If you want to learn more about customer success, get career advice and be inspired, you're in the right place. So let's tune in. Welcome to the new episode of the Women in Customer Success podcast. It is really a pleasure to introduce you today to Delia Vishan, pink-minded customer success coach and solopreneur. Delia, finally, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you for inviting me. So happy to be here. Delia, let's go to a quick rapid fire questions and let's locate you firstly, because the audience of this podcast is so global as well as the guests. So let's help the audience. Where are you based at the moment? In the wonderful Bucharest, Romania. Woohoo, Europe. Okay, Delia, yes. are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an ambivert, actually. <laughs> Ooh, tell me more about that. I'm pretty comfortable with showing my emotions and socializing, networking, being around people. I like crowded places and so on. But at the same time, I still have my moments where I'm taking advantage of, you know, me time and doing things that I like and that uh, energize me. And it's actually pretty cool to be able to have both options right available in your feature list. <laughs> It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really nice to just being able to function in all of those different types of environment. Now, as you mentioned, like me time, tell me what is some of your favorite activities as like me time? During my me time, I just like to walk in the nature, relax, go to the seaside maybe or in the mountains, read a lot of books. I'm also passionate about psychology and personal development. And sometimes during the past year, I, me time also meant studying for my executive MBA classes. <laughs> so it, doesn't, it wasn't really such a me time, <laughs> like an authentic me time. But yeah, I mean, I took advantage of every single minute I had available to be able to recharge. Wonderful. I mean, you mentioned some really interesting situations like being alone in the nature, you know, obviously things that can energize you, but also studying for MBA, which just means like, and you being interesting in psychology and development seems that all of those types of activities related to self-growth and career development really energize you, which is just so awesome. Not even surprised when I see all of the great things that you are doing in customer success. It's really no surprise that self-development energizes you because you have done so much already and you are a part of your day job. You're also doing lots of different like activities and businesses in customer success. So well done to you. I'm Thank sure you. We are, we're going to talk about it in more details now one thing is interesting for me to get to know you better would the 16 year old you be surprised to find you in this current role not at all because i've always wanted to be able to talk to people and connect people and create authentic relationships and be able to spread kindness all around and also be able to feel that fulfillment, right, when it comes to having a positive impact on someone's life. I'm actually doing that in the customer success role, being able to make a difference and have a positive impact on someone's life or business. This is what motivates me to continue in this role. Wonderful. So in this field. 
So no surprises for a 16-year-old you, but now what nope. if <laughs> what if you had to completely change your career tomorrow? What would you do? Completely change my career? Well, I would either be a teacher, a writer, or both. <laughs> <laughs> you are kind of both already, right? You wrote yeah. a book. You wrote two books, actually. And as customer success, like you're just teaching in a way your community and your customers. Let's talk about it more. What energizes you or motivates you when it comes to teaching or writing? Well, when it comes to teaching, what motivates me is the look on people's faces when they get to understand something or to have an aha moment. Mm. This is something that really makes my heart beat faster because it's like, oh, okay, so cool. So this is my mission to have an impact and I'm doing that. So this is exactly what motivates me. And from the writing perspective, it's pretty much the same. It's just that I also have a blog, right? I'm sharing my personal experiences. And every time someone reads any of my poems or stories there, and they come back and say, okay, so this really resonates with me. And it made me realize so many things. Like in that moment, I say, okay, so this is my mission as well. And I'm pretty happy to be able to, you know, support people from the shadows, from behind the scenes into having hope or keeping their hopes and being able to succeed moving forward. So it's all about the soul, right? It's all about the feelings and emotions and yeah. The works that come from the soul. I'm interested to find out more about your career journey. So tell me more, what was your path to all of those great things that you're doing today? I started in 2008 with a part-time job to be able to come to studies in Bucharest because I wasn't able to receive any financial help from my parents because they're pretty, let's say, modest from that perspective. My first job was part-time one. I learned a lot of basic things from different fields, accounting, customer service, so HR, and so on. And afterwards, every single job I've had was focusing on customer interactions. So customer service, customer support. Then I worked on credit and collections uh, in the financial field, then financial analysis, then a bit of sales, a bit of marketing. Then I worked in Glovo where I was partner operations manager handling the account management side. And usually in startups, uh, it's not just one role. You kind of do a lot of things. It's, you know, an internal alignment, but you're doing a lot of other, you're wearing a lot of hats, right? And every single job I've had, looking back, was focusing on customer interaction, customer relationship. So I think this is exactly what brought me here to customer success. It was kind of the natural path to take when it comes to also being passionate about customer relationships and customer interaction. So this was the next step, actually, and it felt pretty natural. So now you also found your professional home in customer success? Yes. <laughs> What do you most enjoy in your work? The impact that I have on both the business I'm working in and the customer's business. I think one of the biggest challenges is to be able to keep that balance between the customer needs and wants and the business scalability, which I'm constantly trying to do, trying my best to do. And every single time I see that there's a customer who's happy and they have results and they are interested in upsells or cross-sells, meaning that they see the benefit of the product and the services. Every time I realize that, oh my God, it feels so good to be able to work in a field and to be able to have a job that really impacts, that really makes someone else 
successful and happy and keeps them motivated to keep working on a specific project or in a specific business. I think that's the most important thing. So you love having impact on others and on your business. Would you recall what or who have been impactful for you in your career? Like, is there anyone who motivates you or is there any particular, you know, moment? What are those things that keep you going and motivates when it comes to the impact? It seems that it's so critical for your career and it seems that you're just so like mission driven. I think that I've learned since I was little is to be able to enjoy every single moment and the small things as well, not just the big wins. Let's say I've created a custom when every single interaction that I have with every single person I meet, I'm taking my learnings from there. Either it's a sentence that they say, either it's the type of interaction, the story that they are telling me, the way they open up. Because nowadays it's pretty taboo to be vulnerable, right? But when you create that kind of relationship with someone and you have a genuine connection, everything goes so natural and so smooth that it's just absolutely amazing. And from this perspective, I think this is what keeps me motivated. Every single day I'm learning from every single interaction I'm learning. And I'm also giving back because I'm also a giver. I'm not just a receiver. So I think it's, this is an amazing exchange. And I, I really hope I'm, I'm able to, you know, give other people the same feeling, like that they can learn from me and from the interactions they have with me. Because, yeah, you know, at that point you create a win-win partnership in the real life as well absolutely i really like how you are stressing out the importance of well, basically being open-minded very open-minded and being really humble sometimes we are missing that in business just the fact that you acknowledge that you can learn from everybody from every single situation means that you're just humble and always open for receiving i'm a firm believer that that has compound impact and later on in life in just so many different ways I remember like since I started the podcast, this is now maybe around 100 women that I interviewed and I have learned so much from each one of them and not even from the whole conversation and content they are sharing and that gets published, but just by the way people communicate or those ladies communicate, they show up, like there is so much learning. So I can really relate to that activity of like just being open to learn always something new from others. And yet, yes, you mentioned you're giving back to the community. Let's talk about that a, a bit more. Tell me about your coaching, your success business and your books that you have written. There is just so much. So just please share yourself with the audience. And obviously I will provide the links for all of that so people can find you in those places. Yeah. So as I said, I'm pretty passionate about the customer success field. And I think that we all from this area, we all have amazing, let's say, resources to give to other people, right? And I remember I had some mentors myself. And I'm super grateful for all the support I received. And I, now I think it's my turn to give back to others what other people gave me that was so valuable. And from that perspective, I thought about, okay, what would be the best option for me to be able to give back? And that's how the idea of writing two ebooks came up. So the first one I wrote is for the people who are interested in joining uh, the CS field. And they want to become customer success managers. And there I shared a couple of information on how to prepare for an interview, how to make research on the CS job you want, what to pay attention to, what are the layers of customer interaction from customer care, customer education, customer growth, and so on. 
And I think that another thing that's super important that I also included in both of those ebooks is the fact that people need to know that it's not easy, but it hasn't been easy for us, but we made it so they can make it too. And this is exactly why I've added some pep talk at the end of the books. Just the one small page, a couple of lines explaining and saying and sharing from my experience, right? It's complicated, but you can totally do it. It's up to you to ask for help whenever you need. This is the first one. So how to become a customer success manager. And the second one is written for CEOs because I'm currently working in a startup and I can see the struggles at the startup level from the customer success perspective and how things can improve in a startup from the customer relationship perspective, if you know exactly what kind of mindset to emphasize in the company, right? And besides the idea of internal alignment and how customer success departments should work with other departments and what is the impact that that collaboration can have on both your business and your customer's business. That's another aspect that I've mentioned there. And again, since I've realized that it's very important for people to feel that they are being understood, right? Because we, this is a basic need. We all need that, right? I've also included there a pep talk and I said, okay, so from the startup and from the CEO perspective, we know that the focus should be on the business at all times and how you can scale and how you can become profitable and so on. But in the process, just make sure that you don't forget about yourself, right? Because you need to be okay in order to run that business. So let's not forget about ourselves in the process of becoming better and make sure that we can keep that balance from, you know, work life and personal life as we go on our development uh, path. Couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> it is so easy to get burnt out and just so easy to get into the weeds of busyness and being busy and you know constantly just juggling things that if you're not strategic enough to take intentionally take time off to look into your work strategically to look at what is next to look at your career strategically as well yeah it's just so easy to become a little machine who always has to do something and to-do list is always piling up so i'm glad that you're mentioning them really the importance of being well-rounded. Delia, I'm going to put the links because I would like audience to check out your books. Tell me more about like your approach to customer success and what are those things that truly matters. It seems that you have loads of experience in the startup world, wearing different hats, but also working very closely with founders and CEO and understanding those challenges. So what would be some of your tips or tricks or just different approaches how we are looking into customer success? I will start and I will always start with kindness, even though it seems like, oh, okay, kindness, everybody (laughs) wants. Yeah, I mean, but I've received a couple of answers to that kindness thing. And they said, okay, but we want concrete things. We want clear things. And I said, okay, but without kindness, there are no other things, right? (laughs) I mean, you either start with kindness and you develop and you grow from there, the relationship and yourself and everybody else, or you don't start with kindness and most likely the finish line will be pretty, pretty close, right? So yeah, I would start with kindness, being always willing to connect with other people and understanding that behind the business role that we all have, we are all humans, right? And we have emotions and we have feelings and we have a bad day. And every single interaction that's not as productive as we would want it to be, 
hide some, you know, behind the scenes feelings and emotions that people sometimes cannot really cope with. And that's absolutely okay, because again, we are humans. But if you look at any relationship from that perspective, there's a lot of amazing things that can happen. You won't take things personally. You won't get upset because a customer was a bit upset today. Not, not necessarily rude, but around there somewhere. You will understand that it's not about you. It's just about the situation, the context that every single person can cope or not with at a specific moment. So yeah, the first thing would be kindness. The second one would be empathy and active listening. Because again, to be able to put yourself in your customer's shoes, you have to be empathetic, right? And to be able to really listen to their needs and listen, not reply, but listen to take notes that's key. And be able to, yeah, exactly. That's a difference. Being able to take notes when you listen to your customer needs and make sure that you use those notes moving forward on the path to your collaboration, right? During your partnership. Then I would go from the startup perspective, right? To the internal alignment. This is amazingly important because if sales doesn't really know what customer success is doing, or if customer success doesn't really know what product team is doing, or what are the features of the product, or what is the timeline for a specific project, right? Every single misalignment costs the business. A so lot of, well said. Let's say, yeah, costs the business a lot of relationships, customers. Maybe and not revenue. necessarily churn. Sometimes yeah, exactly. revenue maybe as not, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe not necessarily uh, right away from the churn and revenue loss perspective. But, you know, you have a bad experience today, a bad experience tomorrow, and they add up. And at some point, it's going to result in churn and revenue loss. Yeah, as you said. So internal alignment is super important, and I cannot emphasize it more. Just make sure that from the customer success perspective, you are doing your part, but you also know what the other departments are doing because you are able to help marketing department with the customer success stories from the customer acquisition process perspective. You are also able to help the product development team from the customer needs and wants perspective when it comes to features or improvements in the product, right? And every single other department in a business should be able to understand the customer success mindset and the fact that the goal, the business goal goes in the same direction, right? To have customers, not just to have customers, but to have them satisfied, loyal, and why not to help them grow as well? Because if they grow, you grow, right? Their success is, is your success. success, right? And vice versa. This is the third one. And another thing that I would mention is, as I said at the beginning, the challenge, right? To be able to meet your customers' needs while you have to meet your business needs. How are you balancing that? Because there are always some give and takes in that yeah. relationship, right? In that motion. Exactly. The first thing that should be done is to make sure that you understand your product. You're the ambassador of your product. You have to understand it completely. You have to know not just the strengths and the benefits, but you also have to know the pain points. Because at some point, if one of your customers finds out about the pain point or discovers it, you have to be prepared to not necessarily react, but maybe to proact, <laughs> right? When it comes to that specific issue. After knowing your products, make sure that you know your customer's business. Because they can come up with a request of a new feature, for example. But you have to know if that request is a must-have or a nice-to-have. Because every single customer goes, okay, this is a severity A, I need this feature right away, it's urgent, 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 and important. 
And at some point, you have to help them and guide them towards understanding if that need is really a must-have or a nice-to-have. And for that, one tip and trick from my side is make sure that you have the right questions at hand to ask them in order for you to guide them towards finding out themselves if that's a nice-to-have or a must-have. For example, how does that feature not being implemented yet, how does it impact your business negatively? What is the impact on the revenue, on the internal processes, on the team performance, and so on, depending on the product, right? And when you ask them the, this question, they will start thinking, oh, wait, but it's not really impacting my business that much, right? So then it's not a must-have, then it's a nice-to-have. So you are able then to take that information to the product team and say, okay, we have this request. It's not a must-have, it's a nice-to-have. Let's see when on our product roadmap we can include it for future releases. I really like how you are talking so much about like assessing the impact of a feature to customers, basically to understand what is it that they are even trying to achieve, right? Because very often exactly, customers, I mean, people in general think that there is only one way in doing things and that's what they recognize as the lack of feature because oh, I have to do it that way. It has to work, right? Rather yes. than, and that's really a good job of a CSM to help to understand where they are going, like what is it that they are trying to achieve and see firstly, what are the workarounds, right? What are the current things that yeah. could help them? And very often, I don't know if you have seen that, I've seen that with my CSMs, but very often it results in the conversation that just helps you know that there are so many other ways that customers could really establish that and yes. you are just guiding them and helping them to achieve a business result and that's like perfect value add and just just great ambassadorships of our csms exactly. to customers and then to the product as well exactly because yeah, you're not practically putting pressure on the product team to start implementing something that it's not scalable yeah, so I really like how you're saying you have to really assess those impacts and almost, well, make your own list of what you're communicating to the product or not, because you'll need to know also what will help them understand the roadmap and what will help them just understand like quick fixes from so many of your customers. You will also need to prioritize that. Yes. And one last thing that I would like to add is how to say no to customers. Mm. That would be the fifth one. How to say no, because usually we are afraid of conflicts and tension situations, right? So we don't really want to be put in that situation where we have to say no. But what I've learned so far is the fact that to say no is actually pretty important in a relationship, not necessarily with a customer, but also in our personal lives. Because you have to be able to assess, again, what's important and what's not. But through your lenses, right, and from your perspective, while keeping score and taking into consideration the other people's situation, context, or feelings. So the idea is to say no. The problem is, what's the best approach? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think it's really a standard recipe for the perfect way of saying no, right? But I think that based on the context and the situation, you can assess if you should say not right now, so no, not now, later, or no, not in this way, but here's a workaround, or no, I'm sorry, but from the business perspective, this is not something that we consider to be necessarily valuable for your business and the product. And then there's a lot of discussions that can start brainstorming on the workarounds. But however, 
I think it's really important to be able to leave a door open. So when you say no, try to leave a, an open door, not for a later yes, but for a discussion, for a conversation. Don't say no and close the door. And that's, that's it. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, say no. But let's see why is that so important for the customer. And again, it's a whole guiding process that starts all over again. So um, I think it's really important for CSMs to be open for conversations and open to hearing their customers' arguments, even if sometimes it doesn't really make sense when it comes to that moment in the partnership. But just be open to listen and be open to have arguments and provide those arguments to the customer transparently so that they know exactly what they can expect to create the right customer expectations. I really like how you're putting that no in a context of consultative approach, right? No should never be delivered on its own. It's a no, that's it, bye. It always yeah. comes with something else. It's no, but, no, let's consider, no, why wouldn't you, you know, think of something else? So it always really, as you said, it opens doors for, again, consulting customers into your best practices and what should work best for them and just understanding, you know, that why behind. Thank you so much for sharing loads of those really good insights into how CSMs should basically approach their relationships with customers and what are those things that truly matter. I like that you want to start everything with kindness. I couldn't agree more. In fairness, in life as well, sometimes kindness can open so many other doors that nothing else yes. will open just because somebody has been kind in business, especially we work with people at the end of the day. So that's really a great starting point. Delia, thank you so much for sharing these insights about your career and your experience. As we wrap up this episode, I wonder what would be your advice for other aspiring leaders in customer success? To never give up, to trust themselves. It's a long way and it's a challenging one, but if you believe in yourself, everything can be done. And yeah, don't say no to yourself. That's another important thing. Just give yourself a chance. Don't wait for that moment, for that perfect moment when you're 100% ready because it's never going to come because we get to be successful by failing and being successful and failing and being successful because that's how we learn, right? And that's how we grow. So allow yourself to make mistakes, allow yourself to learn from those mistakes and keep going. That's the most important thing. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Wonderful. Well, unfortunately, we have to stop for this episode, but there could be so many, so many things for us to talk about. I really appreciate this time and I appreciate you and everything that you are doing in your customer success you. communities. And I, the uh, I, love, thank you. I love seeing what you're doing and I love following you. So thank you for putting yourself out there. Thank you, Maria. It's the same feeling. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Next week, new episode. Subscribe to the podcast and connect with me on LinkedIn so you're up to date with all the new episodes and the content I'm curating for you. Have a great day and talk to you soon.